Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, what's going on, my friend? First things first, appreciate you being so gracious with your time, willing to shuffle some things around. It's great to chat with you once again, my friend. How's it going? Yeah, good to catch up with you. Uh, I know the the Gamecock faithful probably a little down after that game on Saturday. I, I predicted that uh, you guys would go in there and get the win, and that certainly didn't happen. But uh, a lot of other teams, you know, seven winners, seven losers from the SEC this week. So plenty of company on the losing side, uh, especially with my alma mater feeling Maybe worse than the folks there in, in Columbia do. Chris, we will certainly get to that game in Lexington here shortly, but let's stick with the game in Knoxville. I did not know that you picked the Gamecocks to win that football game. Just talk about what you saw. And, Chris, let me ask you this. What do you take more so away from that game, the positives for Tennessee or the negatives for South Carolina? What's more? What's the greater takeaway from that ball game for you? Well, the reason I took um, – South Carolina was just because of uh, maybe more of a, a, a vote against what I hadn't seen from Tennessee, and that's the offense putting it all together. You know, I thought that that uh, South Carolina was going to be able to to stop the run and force Joe Milton to beat him throwing the football. Uh, I thought he had a good night throwing, but uh, clearly uh, Clayton White's defense uh, ineffective in being able to stop the run over 200 yards on the ground for mm-hmm. for Tennessee. So. Uh, the major takeaway for me was that the, the line of scrimmage battle was won by the Vols. Uh, Florida beat up Tennessee on both sides of the ball in Gainesville a couple weeks ago, and they paid it forward to South Carolina this week. And as far as my takeaways for, for the Gamecocks, uh, issues obviously still remain on, on the offensive line, um, giving up, what, six sacks there. Uh, not ideal. The Tennessee defensive line was able to pressure Spencer Rattler all night. The the big play of the game, the, the pick six right before halftime. If you get out of that first half without, you know, giving up the, the ball and a, a score there, it's a, a one possession game. And it felt like the game kind of turned and got out of hand from that, that point on. So um, disappointing, I, I know, for Shane Beamer and, and company, but uh, hopefully some things that they can take away. And uh, maybe maybe the demise of Tennessee was a bit uh, premature, perhaps, on my end. Chris, as you mentioned, six sacks for Tennessee in that football game, 238 rushing yards total for the Vols as well. South Carolina did run the football for over 100 yards, which normally in the Shane Beamer era, I think they were, Chris, 13-1, and believe it or not, under Shane Beamer when they ran the ball for 100 yards or more, but it does not come true yet again in Knoxville as they fall in this game 41-20. to When you look at South Carolina, Chris, do you feel like these are issues – that can be fixed for the Gamecocks because now you go into the bye week and you've got the quarterback and Spencer Rattler. You know you have a great star wide receiver in Xavier Leggett. 
but then what else? You know what I mean? And, like, these aren't small issues. These are line of scrimmage issues on both sides. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's something that Shane Beamer and company can get rectified, or is it something you think that's going to be kind of an eyesore all year? Yeah, I think it's something they're going to have to work around. Um, I don't know that they're going to be able to, to solve it in the middle of the season. I thought Dow Loggins in previous games had done a good job of, of being able to uh, minimize the impact of some de deficiencies on the on the offensive line. But um, you know, South Carolina, just, they can't afford to play from behind. They, they need to be able to, to, to dictate you know, what's going on offensively, not have to to drop back and throw every down. Um, I do like the fact that they're developing a complimentary run game, but I think at the end of the day, what you saw was probably a deficiency in real playmakers outside of what you said, uh, Xavier Leggett, you know, and, and what Spencer Rattler has done. It, it's felt like in their losses this year that they were just short in terms of the personnel they need to be able to, to win a game like Georgia or to win a game like, like, like Saturday against Tennessee. Now, Chris, as we keep it moving, talking the rest of the SEC, we do indeed go to Lexington, Kentucky. Now, Chris, if you would have told me that Devin Leary would have gone 9 for 19 for 69 yards, I probably would have said the Gators had a good shot to win that one. What I yeah. didn't account for was Ray Davis, 26 for 280 and three touchdowns. I mean, he averaged 10.8 yards per carry. That first half he had was unlike anything we had ever seen. And obviously on the Florida perspective, an embarrassing loss for Billy Napier and the Gators. What do you take away from that one? Because we've been talking about Kentucky for a few weeks. Are they yeah. for real? Are they not? They showed they are, and Florida once again is left picking up the pieces. Well, let's start on the Kentucky side. I think they deserve a lot of credit. I mean, this was the third year in a row that Kentucky was able to beat Florida, <laughs> the fourth of the last six years that they've played that Kentucky's been able to win. So I think in terms of establishing their place in the hierarchy in the SEC, uh, we know that that uh, you know there's some room to be made up by Florida in order to get to where Kentucky is. I thought Kentucky had the better roster from top to bottom. I thought they were faster. I thought they played more physically. I thought they were better coached. Uh, so they're just all around a better team. And, and I, I picked uh, Kentucky to be the second best team in the East in the preseason. Uh, I did pick Florida to win this game. And I think I probably made a mistake that maybe you and a lot of other people made. And that's maybe taking more out of the Tennessee game and particularly the first half of the Tennessee game and projecting it forward. When in reality, Florida probably is more like the team we saw in Salt Lake against Utah in the opener. Uh, still uh, way too many penalties. First quarter, they, they, they get 39 yards of offensive uh, yardage and, and give up 31 in penalties. Uh, they finished with over uh, double-digit penalties, I think, for the ball game. Uh, just did not look very disciplined. And defensively, I thought well, that was where you could hang your hat. You know, this was the number two rush defense in the conference coming in. And uh, as you mentioned, the numbers uh, put up by not only Ray Davis, but uh, the offense in general for, for uh, Kentucky averaged almost 10 yards a carry as a team. So uh, it, it, there's a lot of work still uh, that remains for Billy Napier. And I think there's a lot of questions probably amongst Florida fans about whether Billy Napier can handle the head coaching and play calling duties. Uh, a lot of guys have given that up in our conference here recently. So I think that's something you're hearing a lot of Gator fans ask the question right now. But in, in focusing on Kentucky, I also look like I, I picked against the the, uh, the Wildcats much the way the same way I, I picked against Tennessee, and that was I hadn't seen them put it all together yet, and I still don't think we've seen them put it together. The, the passing game, as you talked about, the numbers aren't necessarily uh, where they need to be. Devin Leary still continues to be a little inaccurate. Receivers dropping way too many balls. It's way too talented a group to have this many drops this season. But I think you look at it from the glass half full perspective. 
You're five and zero. Oh, you you beat an SEC East opponent, and you're still not playing your best football. Now they better put it together this week as they go to Athens if they hope to build uh, beat the Bulldogs. But I would say Kentucky and, and Missouri last year probably have played Georgia better than anybody else outside of Alabama in the last couple of seasons. So if they can get the offense to complement what they're doing defensively and, and seeing how vulnerable Georgia's defense looked to the run game on Saturday against Auburn, you got to feel pretty good if you're a, a Kentucky Wildcat fan right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. And Chris, speaking of Georgia, <clears throat> excuse me, the dogs survive a massive test at Jordan-Hare Stadium, 27-20 to 20 victors. A raucous crowd, obviously Carson Beck again survives and advances and Brock Bowers just does what he does best, making big plays down the stretch there. What did you take away from the dogs and also Hugh Freeze's program as he lays the building blocks to the future there down in the plains? Yeah, let's start with with Auburn, man. I'm very impressed with the crowd. I think we were all kind of amazed at the uh, Vegas line being set at 14 and a half last week. Uh, felt like Georgia was at least a three or four touchdown favorite, but I think a lot of that accounted for two factors. One, the home field advantage at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and two, uh, Auburn's defense, uh, who continues to be really stout on that side of the ball. They're limited in what they can do on offense because of the, the passing uh, game limitations at quarterback and receiver. But, you know, I thought they did everything they needed to do to upset a number one team. That's uh, create turnovers, take advantage of field position after turnovers. They were they, they were plus three in the turnover margin and, and scored 14 points off of those three turnovers. Uh, they took advantage of some timely penalties as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, the cream kind of rose to the top. And, and Georgia still is the best team in the conference, I think. Carson Beck kind of grew up before our eyes there in the fourth quarter, eight of 10, throwing the football in that fourth quarter. Um, and he leads them on a, a seven-play, 75-yard drive in the final moments to, to get the, the win, four or five, passing the football in that drive. So I think you're, you're seeing this team grow. Uh, they're still on the offense and defensive lines, not as good as what they've been the last couple of years. But I don't think that's 
uh, an indictment as much as it is just commenting on how talented those those lines of scrimmage uh, players were on both sides the last two years. So uh, sometimes you got to win close ones in this league, you know, especially on the road. And, and, and Georgia found a way to get it done. Chris, through five weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, through five weeks, is Georgia where you expect them to be? Are they less dominant? I, I you know, I, I don't even want to say more dominant because I think how could they be? Like, what do you make of Georgia through five five weeks? Are they on schedule? Like, how, how do you view them right now? Well, I, I think you can look at, at Kirby Smart in this postgame press conference has sound, sounded pretty pleased, despite, you know, maybe not being the cleanest games against South Carolina or the cleanest game uh, this week uh, against Auburn. Uh, I think he knows that there's a lot of new players that are having to take on bigger roles. And with that is going to come some growing pains. And uh, right now they're going through it. They're getting better. I do have concerns, as I mentioned, about the defense. I, I didn't think they did a very good job of, of setting the edge. A lot of perimeter runs where Auburn was able to pick up, you know, a bunch of yards. They, they rushed for over 200 yards on the ground. That's not something we typically see from a, a Georgia defense allowing that kind of yardage. So, I do think there's some improvement that needs to be made there. But uh, like I said, man, it, it's tough to win here in the SEC, particularly tough to win in a place like Jordan-Harris. If you can go on the road, find a way to win, face some adversity and, and, and pull it out, it can help you along the way. And, and perhaps this was the, the Missouri game of 2022 where they went to Como, struggled, found a way to win, and, and ultimately became a better team because of it. Chris, the SEC West feels more wide open than we can ever recall. Texas A&M takes down Arkansas. Ole Miss in a thriller beats LSU where there was absolutely no defense played. I actually caught you on SEC Network talking about, you know, if you're an offensive guy, that game's a lot of fun. But there's two defensive coordinators waking up this morning that I think are probably still having night nightmares from what mm -hmm. happened. And then Bama with a dominant win over Mississippi State. I mean, is the SEC West Alabama's for the taking yet again? It feels like this thing is changing on a week-in, week-out basis, the narrative that is, you know, who's the top dog in that conference? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're finding things out. I think week five was a big week for, for determining, you know, who maybe the, the contenders are and eliminating some of the pretenders. Uh, Florida uh, eliminated, uh, I think, South Carolina uh, eliminated as well. Um, Arkansas, you know, proving kind of who, who they are that we thought they were. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, Alabama is a team that's asserting themselves. LSU out of the national championship hunt with two losses now. But I actually believe, Chris, in A&M. And it's, it, yeah. I say it reluctantly because they've burned us in the past. Every time we <laughs> want to believe in the Aggies, they seem to let us down. But I've seen some significant improvement on the defensive side. Uh, DJ Durkin's uh, squad has, has gotten much better up front. Uh, I still think they have some deficiencies in the secondary, but if you can rush the quarterback, you can cover up some of those deficiencies. They've done a nice job in back-to-back -back games against uh, Auburn and Arkansas, seven sacks in each. Another, another what, 15 tackle for loss uh, game in, in this one. So I, I think the Aggies are playing the best all around. Max Johnson came in and looked very smooth and confident from the get-go. And then you get Anaya Smith, gives you the 82-yard touchdown return. So I think in terms of complete football teams, I feel better about Texas A&M, but this one in College Station is massive coming up on Saturday night. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation. 
delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's SP or SUP for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Chris, before we get into the full week six slate, let me ask you this because we have not mentioned the Missouri Tigers yet, which is normally how it goes in the SEC. They're kind of the, the afterthought, they're overlooked, but ho hum, Mizzou takes down Vandy and they're 5-0, and and Luther Burden establishing himself as one of the best playmakers in the SEC. Brady Cook, he continues to play well. Who do you believe in more right now when it comes to SEC East contenders, Kentucky or Mizzou? I know Kentucky was your pick, yeah. but I think Mizzou's got a case right now. Yeah, I think Mizzou has a case as well. Um, you know, I think the thing that's impressed me the most about them is how they continue to follow up wins with good performances. I thought the trip to Nashville – was a natural letdown spot after a couple of big wins over K-State and, and Memphis going to play against the Commodores in a stadium that's usually half full and, and has the issues that it does this year with the construction going on uh, was a perfect time for them to lose focus. But I thought they played really well for the most part. Uh, defense probably needs to close out a little bit better at the end. But what about this, this run that Brady Cook's been on? What, 348 consecutive passes without an interception? Uh, <laughs> judicious uh, protection of the football for sure. And I really like, you, you mentioned Luther Bird. He's been outstanding. But Theo Weiss is a nice compliment. Marquise Johnson gives you the, the 44-yard touchdown reception as well. I, I really like this, this offense, particularly in what Brady Cook has at his disposal in terms of weapons to throw it to and hand it to with, with, uh, with Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete as well. So I, yeah. I, I think this is a team that we'll continue to find out a little bit more about. Uh, you mentioned the game in, in Athens between uh, Georgia and Kentucky, another big one in College Station between Alabama and AM. Let's not forget there's a large one in Como this weekend as well with LSU traveling out there, and I think this is a real legitimizing opportunity for the Mizzou Tigers. 
Chris, let's move into the week six slate. Let me ask you this, because obviously you mentioned Texas A&M, Bama. It needs no explanation. It's a huge game for both sides. It's a huge game in the SEC West. Who would you say this is a bigger game for, Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher? I think it's a bigger game for Jimbo Fisher. I mean, um, you know, they, they were able to get the win two years ago, uh, but right now they're they're trying to push through that uh, little glass ceiling that's uh, prevented them from getting to Atlanta. Hard to believe. You know, Missouri's been to Atlanta twice, and, and A&M in that same period of time has never been before. So uh, it feels like this is the year, if, if they're ever going to have an opportunity, uh, you get it done this year before um, Texas and Oklahoma come in while you still have the divisions. I think it's going to be much easier to get in now for some of these teams that haven't been there before than it's going to be when they get to, you know, the divisionless play next year. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that um, Jimbo Fisher – uh, has taken a little pressure off of himself. The Bobby Petrino experiment seems to be working really well. And if you listen to Jimbo Fisher in the postgame interview, he sounds very comfortable, sounds very confident in where his team is right now, and, and uh, he should be. as they, I think they're playing the best ball all around of anybody in the league. And, Chris, a team that's still in the hunt, although they lost to Alabama, is Ole Miss. Again, we mentioned had that huge win over LSU. I think now it's about – can they handle prosperity and getting that big win? It's funny. We spent a week talking about Lane Kiffin can't win no. the big game. And I'd, I'd call that LSU win a pretty darn big win in Oxford. But now they host the Arkansas Razorbacks, the 730 kickoff at home at night. I'm fascinated, Chris, in this game because of how does Ole Miss follow up that whenever LSU? And also, I'm worried about Sam Pittman, man. It, it feels like with every loss at Arkansas, it's like the pressure just continues to mount. And Sam Pittman, lovable guy. He's got a what, a statue of a hog in his yard. Like, he's everything Arkansas. But, yeah. Chris, as we've seen, it does not matter. Like, no coach in this league is immune to the effects of losing. I think there's a lot on the line Saturday night in Oxford. Yeah, you know, I, I think Sam Pittman's a little bit of a victim of his own success. I mean, this program was in complete shambles when he took it over from Chad Morris. And, um, you know, I think they won too many games too quickly. I think the, the bar was elevated and and, um, you know, the, it's a natural thing in the SEC here. Our, our, our fans get a little spoiled from time to time. Um, I understand the frustration. Uh, the, the past defense, not significantly better than what it was last year. Uh, maybe the big surprise is the inability to run the football. You get Rocket Sanders back, but the offensive line still struggles, giving up way too much penetration, uh, giving up the, the seven sacks uh, of, of K.J. Jefferson. So I, I do think, you know, particularly because Sam Pittman is an offensive line guy, uh, his background and being one of the best offensive line coaches in this league for a long time, and that being the position that, that failing them is ironic. But I do think with the portal now, you can fix problems overnight. It's not about, hey, we got to go out and recruit and develop. We can go find some guys. Um, it's a great selling pitch to say, you can come in and help us right now, and I'm going to coach you myself as a guy that that, that, that loves and, and has been successful coaching offensive linemen. I'm going to take you under my wing and, and help you get things back on track for us on the uh, offensive line and running the football. Uh, that doesn't help you this year. Now they got to find a way to, to fix things this year. I think it's a long season if you look at their schedule with what's ahead. But, um, you know, this is a game that they perhaps could catch Ole Miss on a little bit of a hangover. How you mentioned earlier, how you handle success is maybe sometimes more difficult than handling defeat. Um, this is not only a game that the, the, the players got to get up for again. The fans, that environment at Vaught Hemingway was uh, electric. And for everybody I talked to there, it was amongst the best home field uh, environments that they had ever been at before. And I think this year more than ever, home field advantage seems to matter more. It seems to make an impact. You guys saw it there in, in, in Neyland on Saturday night. 
Uh, Florida fans saw it in, in, Com in Commonwealth Stadium on, on Saturday. Um, it, it is a big deal to have the home field, and, and uh, Ole Miss fans need to show up and, and be loud again and, and create that same home field advantage that they had on Saturday against LSU. And Chris, to your point on a bit of a side note, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the parity that the transfer portal and NIL has brought, but like I, I was sitting there Saturday watching Georgia-Auburn, and it felt like we were back to the glory days of like the mid-2000s of SEC football, where, and I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be like overly nostalgic, because I think we have a, we have a tendency to say like the good old days, everything in the past is always the good old, but like, where games, it just it feels more competitive this year. And to your point, like home field advantage, there's so many 50-50 games where having home field, especially if you have it at night, it means everything. Like, I feel like we're back to that. Do you, do you feel that too? I mean, it just, I do. watching Georgia-Auburn felt like one of those classic, I thought I was watching like Jason Campbell and, and David Green go to battle. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. it felt like one of those games. What a remarkable turnaround, too, because prior to the pandemic, all we talked about was the decline in season ticket sales that, you know, people weren't wanting to come out to the ballparks anymore, that they enjoyed getting to watch games at home on the television from the comfort of their own couch. Uh, but I think once the pandemic struck and, you know, not only football games were taken away from us, but the being able to gather, you know, as 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 crowds together in any setting, uh, we kind of longed for that. And I think when we got back into the stadiums, everybody remembered how great it was to be a part of college football Saturdays in the SEC. So I, I think there's a uh, a renaissance occurring right now as it it, it retains to pertains to um going and, and attending games in person i think it's going to be even more so with with uh, oklahoma and texas coming next year uh it, it's going to be an excitement about going to those two destinations uh my guy peter burns was hosting the longhorn network this weekend and uh said that it was uh, a perfect sec environment there so those folks are already ready to go i i just I can't say enough about, you know, you go back even looking at, at the Florida game against Tennessee, five false start penalties in the first half. The crowds create an advantage, and they realize that they can impact the game uh, just as the teams themselves do. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be that way. The home field advantage this week at Kyle Field and, and, and at Sanford Stadium, I think it could go a long way to helping those home teams win. You speak of Sanford Stadium, Chris, really quickly. Georgia, Kentucky. What does Kentucky have to do to pull off that monumental upset? Because it still would be considered a monumental upset. Obviously, Georgia back-to-back -back champs. They're number one. They're undefeated, all that good stuff. And I think the biggest miracle might be that Georgia's got another night game at home. I know they love to complain about that. So, 7 o'clock kick under the lights at Sanford. But as you mentioned, Kentucky has played Georgia – fairly well and it started with the physicality do they have the physicality you think this year to give the dogs more problems I, I do think they have the physicality I think they have the physicality on both sides the defense has been kind of what's kept them in the last couple Georgia games but they haven't been able to score a lot of points I mean they, they have to hit some home runs and they there were a lot of home runs hit by Kentucky on Saturday particularly by Ray Davis but they need that explosiveness they're going to have to throw the ball better. You can't show up and be one-dimensional and win the game. That was Auburn's issue was that they were, uh, you know, primarily trying to do everything on the ground and had very little threat of the passing game. Uh, kudos to them for still having success with, with uh, Georgia, knowing that they weren't going to be able to throw the ball effectively. But I, I do think that um, they've got to go in there and, and, and protect the football. You can't turn it over. you got to create some turnovers. Uh, but I, I think Georgia is, is kind of up for this task. I think they're – relishing the opportunity to go in and play a physical game. Now, I think the thing to, to kind of keep your eye on, um, can they follow up a physical game against 
Florida with another physical performance uh, against Georgia in back-to-back weeks. I think that's going to be something that uh, we've got to keep our eye on early. Moving to Como, you mentioned home field. The Missouri Tigers get LSU at home. It's a noon kick, granted. But, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Chris, about the opportunity to kick a door down against Kansas State, get a ranked win. That was a big win for Drinkwitz. This would be on a whole different level if you're able to take down LSU. And for LSU, man, it's I mean, it's about bouncing back after a really tough loss. I mean, you're already out of the national championship picture, like you mentioned. You got to stay in that SEC West. And it's only year two for Brian Kelly, so no big deal there. But, you know, LSU fans, like many others in the SEC, don't have patience, especially after you tasted such great success last year. What are you most looking forward to in this game? Because, again, I just see it as another opportunity for Mizzou yeah. to prove that they're a legit contender this year. Well, from the LSU perspective, you got to be able to put the loss behind you. You know, sometimes uh, you talk about letting a team beat you twice. You don't want to let that uh, that Ole Miss game uh, leave a hangover that, that leaves you susceptible to losing another ball game. Um, you know, I, I do think that Brian Kelly did a great job last year of getting them back on track after disappointing losses. But I, I, I worry about a couple of things, Chris. First and foremost, like, this team hasn't played very well on the road. I think about, you know, earlier in the, the season, you know, you lose this game, you lose in a neutral site in, in Orlando. You lost last year at Kyle Field. You lost, you didn't play very well against uh, Arkansas in a 13-10 win in Fayetteville. They've got to find a way to be better on the road. And, and they also have to find a, a way to impact the game more up front defensively. Um, for an offensive line that had struggled as much as Ole Miss has had, uh, they had their way with the offense or the defensive front from from LSU. Zero sacks in that game. We're talking about you know Mason Smith being back, uh, Makai Wingo. You know Harold Perkins Jr. wasn't able to do anything to pressure the quarterback. Um, they got the run game going for the first time. So we knew LSU was susceptible in the secondary, but what we didn't know was just how maybe average they are up up front. So they've got to find a way to be better there. They got too many good players to not impact the game more than what they did. Now, on the flip side, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of confidence brewing in Como. Uh, Brady Cook is the unquestioned leader of that team, distributing the football to some very talented weapons around him, as I mentioned before. Luther Burden having a, 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 a season to remember. You know, what, what's he got? Four straight 100-yard receiving games in the first game of the year. He had 96 yards, so... Uh, he, he's, he's to me, probably the MVP of the first month of the season here in September. Uh, but this is another opportunity um, and an opportunity for the home fans to make a difference. They made a difference in the K-State game. They need to show up and, and have an impact in this one as well. Chris, you mentioned Luther Burden leads all Power 5 receivers through five weeks in receiving yards. Took that title away from Xavier Leggett. Finally, Chris, we'll get you out of here really quickly. It's not often that you're calling a game against Vanderbilt a revenge game, but for Florida, that is what this will be after last year. The debacle in Nashville, it's a 4 o'clock kickoff on SEC Network. You guys are carrying it. What do you want to see from Florida? I mean, this is a game, you look at the schedule, you should win, you have to win. I mean, there's no debate, banter. This is one, if you were to lose, something goes crazy. The Billy Napier chatter would really get out of hand, but most importantly, again, what do you want to see from Florida in this game in a bounce-back effort? Yeah, you know, I, I think last year, you go back and look, Florida had two of their biggest wins in back-to-back Saturdays over A&M and South Carolina. You got a chance to go 4-0 and in the in the month of November, and, and it looks very different. And instead, they go lose uh, in in Nashville to, to Vandy and then lose to Florida State. They finish 6-6. Six and six. So, 
this is a game you cannot afford to lose. If you want to show growth in your program, you can't afford to lose to Vanderbilt. You can't lose at home. I mean, you got to defend the swamp a little bit. They played better uh, there so far this year, but they got to get, get back on track. They got to eliminate the, the self-inflicted errors. The penalties are killing them. Um, they're, they're, the missed assignments are killing them. Uh, they got to be more physical on the lines of scrimmage. This is a, a team that, that they should be able to run the ball against. So get back to, to running the football with the effectiveness you had against Tennessee in the first half. But um, this is one that, that God forbid, you said Florida loses. I mean, it, it really uh, tightens up the, the, the pressure on, on Coach Napier for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Chris Doring of SEC Network. Chris, one final thing before I get you out of here. Outside of the SEC, did anything catch your eye on this college football Saturday in regards to Week five, I know Michigan got a dominant win over Nebraska. Southern Cal, Colorado was highly entertaining. Uh, Clemson got a much-needed win over Syracuse. Anything stand out to you or any major takeaways from the week that was in week five outside of the SEC? Yeah, I continue to be impressed with some of those Pac-12 teams. Uh, Oregon gets a a big win. Washington goes to Arizona and pulls one out there, probably closer than what a lot of people expected. Uh, USC continues to score, but can they stop anybody defensively? I'm not so sure about it, but – you know, I think that's a conference that has really uh, recreated their, um, their their resume to this point in the season and, and reputation. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, Michigan asserting themselves. I, to me, Michigan and Georgia are kind of the same team. Uh, haven't really played much of a schedule. Uh, both of those teams go on the road in week five and, and find ways to win. Michigan a little bit more uh, with an exclamation point. But uh, though I believe in those two teams. I think if I was thinking about – who I would have as my number one team. I think the debate right now would probably be between Michigan and Georgia. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's going to be, I, I think the SEC's hopes of getting a team into the college football playoffs this year, um, you know, lays solely at the feet of the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't think Missouri or, Ten- or Kentucky can go undefeated, uh, but I think it's going to take an undefeated SEC champion to be able to make it with how the other Power Five conferences in Notre Dame are playing at this point. 
Chris Doring, SEC Network, does a fantastic job and joins us every single Monday. Chris, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, Chris. Take care. Have a good week. Yeah, man. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.